Hi everyone, my name is Max Morrow. I'm here with Lumos Learning, and today we're going to be discussing social emotional learning with our guest, Peggy Stern, the, the founder of Super DeVille. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, speaking with Peggy, uh, we've learned how passionate she is about the topic and helping others understand the importance of SEL and tackling learning differences with kids. Welcome, Peggy. Hello, welcome. Thank you Hi. for having me. Wonderful. So let's jump right into it. Uh, my first question here, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became interested in social emotional learning? Well, the place to start is that I'm dyslexic. And back when I was going to elementary school in the early 60s, no one talked about learning, you know, what really are most people think of as learning disabilities. Um, no, no one in my school knew anything about dyslexia. The only reason that I got help was that my grandmother happened to be in the field of education and specifically in the field of people who were identifying, you know, kids with learning um, disabilities. So I got help really young. And that is a key thing is to try to help kids when they're, you know, in the early Eight stages of learning how to read because actually the neuro pathways in the brain are still being formed. So if you can help kids during that period of their lives, they really will become, in my case, a fluent reader. Um, it takes a while and it's a lot of repetition and it has to do with the specifics of why you're dyslexic, which you know I'm not going to go into here, but that just to suffice to say that as a little kid, the thing that really saved me was that my grandmother sent me to uh, one of her colleagues who was a tutor and was trained to do the kind of intervention that a dyslexic needed. Um, but she was like my own personal Mary Poppins. I mean, she absolutely understood that kids needed to be motivated to keep learning when learning was being so hard, right? And she also understood to really help build my confidence along the way because in school, I was the kid who got 17 million red circles over all my spelling or my sentence, you know, there were so many things that I was having trouble with. So by the time I got to her in the afternoon, which was really like school after school, every, you know, three times a week, I was demoralized. I mean, I was really having a hard time. And so she did so much to work on helping me identify my strengths, helping me understand, you know, that, yeah, this part of life was being hard for me, but what other things was I good at? And so fast forward, I have a child who um, is born in the 90s. And sure enough, I'm watching because it can be genetic. My first child was not dyslexic, but my second child, my daughter was. And so I was very keen to see, okay, what's out there now? You know, this is decades later. And though there was some progress in understanding the brain and really why people struggled with reading um, or have attention issues or other kinds of learning disabilities, um, there was just very little paying attention to what a child goes through emotionally who's dealing with this. And I was keenly aware of the support that my daughter needed because I'd gone through getting help in that arena. So as I went through seeing what she wasn't getting in school and kind to kind of compensate and make sure she got the, the 
self-esteem building, the, the ability to advocate for herself and say she needed help if she felt she did, um, to understand her strengths and to accept her weaknesses and work on them. Those are just some of the social emotional learning topics. I became kind of obsessed and passionate as a parent, you know? Um, so I was going along all this time being a filmmaker and really film for me was a salvation um, as someone who struggled with reading and writing and things like that. Um, the visual medium made life much easier for me. And um, I was lucky enough after three decades of doing documentaries and different work, um, working some in animation that a partner and I made an animated film that won an Academy Award. And it was quite a personal film about his own story with his parents as an Italian immigrant. It's called The Moon and the Sun, an imagined conversation. And he sort of said to me afterwards, okay, it's your turn to do something personal. You know, you've been talking about doing something about dyslexia and, you know, and so I started looking into thinking it might be a documentary and one thing led to another and I realized, you know, I don't want to make something for adults that will just maybe reach some people who are already interested. I want to help the young kids who are not getting what they need right now. I want to try to reach those kids because if you don't reach them by the time they get to third or fourth grade, they've been the struggling kid in the class mm -hmm. and they know it and they, and they feel stupid you know, and then they have so much baggage that's just building up on their shoulders. So that was really, you know, in a nutshell, what led me to then spending 10 years developing this project. Amazing. So, so uh, you kind of went over and touched upon a little bit, but let's get more in depth with it. What really is social emotional learning and why is it so important? So social emotional learning is important for all kids. And there have been a lot of studies done and it's actually kind of much more of a hot name these days. It started, I'd say, when bullying became more, you know, openly discussed in schools in the past decade, um, that, you know, if so much bullying and name calling and all this stuff, even, you know, with the internet could be happening, where were schools addressing it? You know, how was it going to actually um, be stopped and also work how were kids going to learn to know what was right and wrong and how to you know handle themselves and so out of that came I mean for two decades there's been an organization called CASEL which is the um, it stands for the Center for Applied Social Emotional Learning and they've been studying what are the most important things to be getting kids to work on such as empathy you know um, handling your emotions um, you know, it, the things that honestly, I think re there are teachers out there who just have always known that they needed to include this in, you know, elementary school and in working with kids. But, you know, as the pressures have developed to have a test at third grade to show competency and all the competitiveness of how are we doing compared to other countries and reading and write, writing, you know, and math and science, some of the stuff had gotten left by the wayside. Um, so that's social emotional learning as applied to the general population. And there is more effort and some really wonderful programs out there. There's something called Ruler that was developed at Yale. Um, and there are many public schools who are using, there's something called Second Step that came out of specifically dealing with bullying and now 
um, is used widely and addresses, you know, various social emotional learning themes. So where I came in was there really wasn't anything that was specifically saying, well, what are the needs of kids who have learning differences? One in five kids is dyslexic. I mean, that is the statistic. And that doesn't mean they're all being identified and that they're all getting help. But, and I like to use the term learning differences over learning disability, but in truth, in public school, especially, it needs to be called a disability because that's the only way you'll get services. Mm -hmm. um, so we call it a difference because we're trying to, from the get-go, make sure that kids understand that, yeah, this is a difference. This doesn't mean that you are, um, you know, disabled in a way that's going to make you never able to have a normal life or keep up or so it's a very important messaging thing for us but I just wanted to make that distinction amazing amazing so so what is a uh, super devil so super devil um, the D actually spans you know stands for difference like you know different learners and we're really coming out of I think the the sort of breakthrough of people learning more about neurodiversity, which really started with MRIs. You know, the fact that we could start taking MRIs as a child is reading and actually see what the brain is doing. And that in a dyslexic child, a different part of the brain is lighting up than the, you know, the so-called average reader. Mm -hmm. And so what a lot of people started, you know, really talking about in education was, where did we come up with this idea of a normal learner? You know, that there's this norm and everybody is supposed to fit into that group. And if you don't, then you're either over here and you're, you know, extremely gifted and you go into a gifted program or you're down here in special ed. Well, the truth is with kids with learning differences, often they are struggling with things, but they are super bright. So they don't really fit in, you know, there's not an easy way to then fit them into the map that I just described, right? Um, so if you change that, you throw that whole idea out and you say, let's just look at every child as neurodiverse. Every child is going to have some strengths, be better at math, maybe struggle with, you know, narrative writing or comprehension and reading. If we just assume that, then when you come to the one in five kids who actually you know, are really struggling with getting the initial concept of reading or, you know, math, that would mean dysgraphia um, or dyscalculia is math. Dysgraphia is they're struggling with writing. So there's a whole bunch of things that fall under this category. Um, you know, then you can start giving them the intervention when they're young, the cognitive actual learning. But what I realized in Super Deville was, we're going to create a place that while that's going on and that needs to go on and it doesn't go on enough in every school, but people are working at it. Um, we're going to be addressing how the child feels about themselves. We're going to give them the social and emotional tools, you know, to make sure that they realize, okay, just because you've been given a label of dyslexia or ADHD, or you have trouble, that doesn't mean that you're less than, and we're going to show you, so we have things like, you know, shame is lame is one of the two, you know, we're going to really help them work on 
being able to sort of stand up proud and say, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And this is what goes along with it. Here are the strengths. Here's what I work on. And the positive thing about it is that you come out of school really understanding how your brain works. Mm -hmm. And in reality, we found in our testing of our program, which I can then in one sec, we can maybe show a little clip, which is sort of the best way to understand it, um, that actually a lot of general ed classrooms have been using it because they find that it's useful for all kids. You know, it does specifically target kids with learning um, differences. And when you show the clip, one of the ways it does that is that everyone who was cast to act in these short narrative videos, which are the basis of our curriculum, have dyslexia and or ADHD or mm -hmm. other learning differences. So they're non-professional actors. They're real kids who I found through a casting call and a whole process, who um, were willing to be open for the rest of their lives on YouTube, on you know wherever this got shown. Um, and so if you show the clip, then I can describe how the curriculum works. Sure thing. So let's go and take a look at the clip. Just amazing. That was awesome. Well, I like to have people see a little something because, I mean, the kids really are amazing, I think. And part of what is so wonderful is that we did work with them and they all were interested in doing some acting. None of them had had any formal training, but they also are authentic. They really cared about the topic. You know, they wanted to share this information. They wanted to help other kids. And I think that's infused in everything we did. So, so far we have a pilot series of 12 episodes and they're on themes that range from understanding your strengths, you know, to procrastination, um, which is something that kids with ADHD deal with a lot, mm -hmm. um, to uh, building confidence, uh, an episode on self-advocacy, mm. but they're all done in the fun way that you just saw. You know, they're not didactic lessons. They're all little narrative themes where the kids meet in a clubhouse that's sort of their after school safe space where they meet up and they all are open about how they have LD. That's what the short term is for. And um, and then some 
issue comes up or some dilemma or something that they share with each other and then they help each other. They come up with solutions. So one of them tells a story and it becomes a flashback or so they're short, you know, nothing is longer than about five minutes. And then after you watch the episode, there's a curriculum guide for the parent, teacher, after school leader, tutor, whoever is showing this to the kids. This is not designed for kids to access on their own. It's very important that it's part of the larger curriculum because the idea is that kids watch the video, they identify, they, you know, have fun. Then they're led through a discussion about the theme, you know, that um, has been highlighted and we give pointers to whoever's leading the discussion. And then they do a hands-on activity that sort of brings it in and makes it their own. And so those three things together are what really research and our own testing showed help the kids internalize and make this become something that they're just not going to sort of watch and say, oh, that was cute. You yeah. know, we love YouTube, but something more than that. And sure. so each episode um, is has four activities. So kids can rewatch the episode, but the teacher can lead them through understanding a sort of different angle or a deeper theme. And um, so it's a pretty robust and rich curriculum. We have it in Spanish as well. So in parts of the country where, you know, English is a second language, um, it can be shown in Spanish, but also it can be sent home as homework. And so Spanish speaking families can share and learn something from doing it together. And the curriculum is in about seven languages. Um, ranging from, you know, Mandarin to so that it also can be sent home as homework and yeah. parents can be involved. That's amazing. That's really great. I know you talked about a lot of the uh, the uh, solutions that they're trying to come up with. And this group of kids are trying to do uh, visual aspects to it. So that's that's really great. But uh, what, what are the biggest challenges for kids with with learning differences? And also, what, what are the types of educational tools that can help them out as well for solving yeah. So, I mean, I, well, first of all, the biggest challenge is emotionally, let's stick with that because, um, but I can give you an example is most kids with a learning difference, you know, are creative, are, are smart, are, you know, it, there's so much going on in their head. It's just that they're having trouble usually getting it down on paper or articulating it or spelling it correctly. Or, and if it's math, it's like, they might be incredible at fixing things with their hands. But when they're given an actual math problem, it just really doesn't come easily to them. So, you know, just put yourself in their shoes. I mean, I think what are the biggest hurdles are how to not want to give up, you know, how to want to keep trying at something that just seems the next day is still so hard. A lot of kids with learning differences have some short-term memory issues. So what they learn on a Monday, it doesn't stick with them till Tuesday. And so they have to repeat and repeat and it's very tedious. So I would say, you know, you just, it's common sense kind of, I mean, anxiety, a lot of stress. I mean, a lot of kids with LD, we've been having um, groups since the pandemic that we started um, not that long ago and it's taken off and people can actually um, write us at questions at superdville.com if you think this is something that would be good for kids in your community, your class, in your family. It's for seven to 12 year olds. And um, the idea was it was just a safe place for kids to come on a Zoom session with an older mentor who has 
dyslexia or ADHD, leading the kids through um, just being able to discuss, meet, see that they're not the only one in their community who's struggling with these things. And we've been showing an episode, um, having cast members, and sometimes just having a discussion because the kids really, they just want to share and they all talk about, you know, oh, it's hard for me to pay attention. Then I get so stressed because I'm worried I'm behind. Oh, I almost don't want to show, you know, my homework because I just know it's going to be bad. So there's just a lot of emotional insecurities. Um, and so our curriculum is based at working at that, obviously. Um, I would say that teachers who are using what is called a strength-based model. So any curriculum, any parent who has a kid with LD should be asking, you know, teachers, are you thinking about a strength-based model? Because that means that whatever the child is being exposed to, they're making sure the child is also hearing about their strengths at the same time. Um, because kids are, if they're going to get the academic intervention, it is going to be in the form of, there's one called Orton-Gillingham. There's another called Barton. These are all programs that will help the child with reading, specifically if they're dyslexic. If they're ADHD, they're, you know, they might end up being put on medication or they might be given these squeeze balls, you know, that just can help them with their energy or they might be given tools with meditation. You know, there's a lot of different things. But if you just step back and think about, you know, seven, eight-year-old being given any of these interventions, how are they going to be feeling about themselves? Different, right? And, you know, and, and unfortunately, for most kids, being different at that age is not a good feeling. Like you want to be part of the pack. You want to, you know, fit in, right? So, um, so that's how it works. I mean, our curriculum and social emotional learning goes hand in hand with the academic intervention. Great. Amazing. So in closing here, what makes a Super Devil different from other SEL programs? And what is the key takeaway that you want people to take away from this conversation uh, to promote greater awareness? So what's different is that we are the first and only so far um, video-based SEL curriculum designed specifically for kids with learning differences. So there really isn't anything else. There are some programs. There's a wonderful program called Eye to Eye, which um, families should find out if it exists in their school. It's where high school students will come in and mentor middle school students. Um, who, so it'll be high school students with LD or college students will come in and work with high school students. Um, I don't think yet they're doing stuff with elementary. So we are also one of the only doing things for elementary school age kids. Um, but that said, I mean, there are plenty of SEL curriculums out there that touch on some of these things, you know, um, building confidence, but it's, but it's just never from the vantage point of specifically what a kid with LD is going through. So what I hope is the takeaway is that if you have students or you have a child who has um, a learning difference, go to superdeville.com. Because of the pandemic, it's free for the whole rest of the year. Um, it's so just sign on and take a look and, you know, start showing it to your child um, or use it in your, uh, you know, resource room or, you know, use it as a guidance counselor get in touch with us if you want to find out about having a webinar or, you know, we'll, we're really open to helping schools or, or um, communities figure out good ways to incorporate 
the program into what they're already doing. Um, so I hope the takeaway is, I mean, I know this is a big marketing sell, but there really isn't anything else quite out there like this. But I would say that even if you're not in a position to use it, the biggest takeaway is remember that any child who's struggling with learning is really going to need a lot of reminder that there's nothing wrong with them. They're not stupid. You know, they just, just as some people are going to be really good at swimming, but might not be able to dribble a basketball for, for, you know, for life, it might be so hard for them. I mean, that's the level that this is on really. So they're going to want to go swimming all the time, right? They're not going to want to go do the basketball. And yet in school, you don't have that luxury. You have to work at all the things. So just as, you know, a teacher or a parent, just remember the, you know, to give, to give us, because I am one of these kids, a reminder as much as you can that you're okay, you know, you're going to be okay. This is going to work out and you do have this strength, whatever it might be. So I think those are the things that, you know, are the most important to remember. Amazing. Thank you so much. This conversation has really been eye-opening for me personally. Uh, just just to hear you personally get into your backstory. And I know this means a lot to you and it means a lot to us all here at uh, Lumos Learning. So I just want to say thank you so much, Peggy. Uh, if you want to find out more information, go and head over to, what's the website one more time? Superdville.com. So Wonderful. it's just spelled the way it sounds. Great. And if you want to ask us, specific questions, just email questions at superdeville.com. There you have it. Thank you all very much. Thank you very much, Peggy, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it.